All right, welcome aboard, everybody. You're listening to The Voice of One, to the VU. It's episode 106. This one for Tuesday, May 18, year of our Lord, 2021. Woody Cumbie here, your host, bringing you a, well, a sad college cup blend of coffee, current events, faith, and FSU sports. Yeah, sad college cup. Yeah, you know, actually, the, uh, of course, VU was scheduled to be recorded yesterday. Uh, In fact, I told someone yesterday afternoon that that VU 106 was already scripted, and I was on my way home to record it yesterday on its normal recording time of Monday. But then I got caught up watching the College Cup final, Uh, and uh, after it ended... It just required uh, an appropriate time of mourning. So, uh, <laughs> so, so that's that's taken a day. That's taken a day. Yeah, it was sad. The College Cup. The College Cup. No, 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 no. The College Cup is not. It, no, no, no. It, the College Cup has nothing to do with women's golf. No, no, FSU's women's golf team, they've advanced to the NCAA finals. It's, it's, not, it's not that. It's not that. Uh, no, 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 no. The, the college, the, the, no, 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 no. Men, look, collegiate golf, that has nothing to do with the college cup. The number one ranked Florida State Seminole men's golf team, no, no, no. They scored a school record 17 below in the first round and now lead by eight strokes over the nearest competitor after the second round of the NCAA regional tournament in which they are appearing. So, no, 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 it's, it, it's not that. Um, no, it's, no, 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 it, it's not, it doesn't have anything to do with outdoor track and field. Uh, the FSU men's and women's outdoor track and field teams won the ACC outdoor track and field championship. No, 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 it's not that. No, it, it's, it's women's soccer. It's women's soccer. And so the number one rated, undefeated Florida State Seminoles played in the College Cup final last night against UC Santa Clara, the 11th seed team. So really should have been a shoe-in, right? Number one seed versus the number 11 seed. But honestly, the number 11 seed doesn't get into the final unless they are hot, right? They are that they must be blazing because they had to have all these upsets to get there. So uh, anyway, um, yeah, it was tied 1-1 after regulation. They played uh, in overtime, 10 minutes, scoreless. Another 10-minute overtime, scoreless. And then they had the penalty kicks. And now keep in mind Florida State had advanced uh, or had won four different games or matches this season on penalty kicks. This was the fifth time they were in an overtime penalty kick situation. They went into it feeling confident, nevertheless lost uh, on the penalty kicks and thus lost the national championship. So a period of mourning, a mourning was uh, in store. Now, speaking of mourning, uh, maybe they're mourning over at uh, S&L, Saturday Night Live, yeah, I bring, I bring this to you in the go woke, go broke category. Yeah, you might have seen this. Uh, there was, I'm just going to read you the headline 
from uh, foxnews.com. This was uh, uh, yesterday. The headline read this, Saturday Night Live hits ratings low in first episode after Elon Musk's high-profile hosting gig. Yeah, you see, uh, SNL, they've been... uh, They've been on. They're 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 trending toward you know Oscar Oscar type territory. So uh, and so to buoy their ratings, they had Elon Musk, and and sure enough, they, their their ratings took a, a big boost when Elon Musk was on uh, hosting on Saturday Night Live. Though oddly, I don't know if you heard this, but uh, man, there were strong objections within the cast of Saturday Night Live for having Elon Musk, you know, the SpaceX guy, the, the Tesla guy, that guy. Um, there were strong objections in the cast for having Elon Musk as the host because, of course, he's enormously wealthy. So, of course, if you are woke, socialist, communist, Marxist, then exorbitant wealth would be offensive uh, to you. And so some voice that they thought it was, uh, it just wasn't right to have somebody of his wealth hosting Saturday Night Live at a time of such income inequality, quote unquote. And apparently there were some cast members who even threatened not coming to the show uh, if he was the host. Now that's how woke they are over there at SNL. Uh, Anyway, uh, he hosted it. Their ratings were way up. But uh, the very next show after he was uh, he wasn't there, they hit a they hit a season low. So, uh, yeah, go woke, go broke. Okay, folks, we're going to try the uh, uh, yeah, the off tried the uh, the seldom successful five segment vu. And here are the segments. Don't mess with Texas. Rogue Prince. Daily Dose of aliens, rare Todd Young appearance, and mystery creature found. All right, so those are our five. (laughs) Those are the five segments. We'll take a shot at it right after this. Hang on, folks. I'll be right back. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back uh, to the oft-tried, seldom-successful five-segment VU. All right, here we go. Segment number one, don't mess with Texas. (laughs) I don't know if you saw this story, but this is classic. This was from uh, today uh, in Newsweek magazine. Uh, Here's the headline. This is a story by Scott McDonald, Newsweek magazine. Headline reads this, Texas reports zero COVID deaths two months after Biden called its reopening plan Neanderthal thinking. Okay, (laughs) that's the headline. Texas Governor Greg Abbott caught heat from Democratic lawmakers when he announced on March 2 this year that he would fully reopen the state by the next week. And so the idea was to get people more acclimated, uh, back to normal life, businesses at full capacity, sports arenas full of fans. And so uh, that, that was it. And so Joe Biden called that reopening plan Neanderthal thinking. 
Okay. Now here's uh, da, 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 it goes on down to say, but Texas blazed its own path anyway, reopened for business. The Texas Rangers had a ballpark full of cheering fans for its home opener last month. On Sunday, just a couple of hours after a major PGA event in Dallas and the NCAA FCS College Football National Championship in Frisco, Abbott reported that the state had no COVID-related deaths the previous 24 hours and that the seven-day positivity rate was the lowest it's been uh, since records have been taken, which was March 2020. And he also said that the COVID hospitalization was at its lowest in 11 months. That's right, folks. Don't mess with Texas. Segment number two, Rogue Prince. Now, I don't know if you've heard about this, but um, now you're aware, of course, of Prince Harry. Prince Harry. Yeah, and you know how he, uh, he and his wife, Megan, how they... Uh, they, of course, they had the big wedding, the big royal wedding, but then there was big falling out, and they came right over here, over here, over here to uh, to Canada, to America, to the, I don't know where they're going. But anyway, uh, I don't know if you heard about this, but he, he, the other day, he said that our First Amendment protections here in the USA, in our Constitution, uh, are what he called bonkers. He called the First Amendment freedom of speech guarantee bonkers. Yeah, he was, uh, he was on a talk show called The Armchair Expert. So Jonathan Turley uh, has uh, written an op-ed uh, in Fox News in which he responds to this idea of the First Amendment being bonkers. So Turley, this is part of what Turley wrote. Uh, he said on a show appropriately called Armchair Expert, Harry declared the First Amendment bonkers and expressed frustration about it, how it protects the media in its, quote, feeding frenzy, end quote, over his life. Right. He's upset about what coverage uh, Harry, he and his wife are getting. So uh, uh, Turley writes, uh, Harry's criticism of the First Amendment can be dismissed as the unfamiliarity of a royal refugee. However, it is actually far more serious than that. Harry and his American wife, Meghan Markle, have attacked media rights in England and have succeeded under the laws of the United Kingdom. They are now joining a growing anti-free speech movement in the United States. It was a surprise for many to hear Harry lash out at the First Amendment. After all, Harry and Meghan are so woke, they are virtually insomniacs. <laughs> However, at this point, the First Amendment no longer holds inviolate position it once did with the left. Indeed, the First Amendment is now more often treated as a danger than a guarantee to a fair and just society. Experts have explained how to evade its limitations to silence others. They found precisely what Harry discussed in the interview when he noted, quote, you can find a loophole in anything, end quote. So the article goes on, but uh, Jonathan Turley's making a good point, and that is among the progressive left, uh, the Marxist left, uh, there is a growing movement, and you can see it in cancel culture, 
that wants to curtail freedom of speech. And so uh, this is a great, uh, this is one of the most alarming things that has emerged in our society. And we saw it uh, gain uh, the most public traction that it has gained in the, uh, on um, the week of January 6th, after the, what they call the insurrection. Uh, remember, they immediately uh, uh, canceled uh, various people's uh, Twitter accounts and other social media accounts. Not just one person, but quite a few people. And then that, that, that whole thing continued. So, and then they took down entire platforms. Remember that? Entire platforms. So, uh, this is very serious. And it deserves pushback in our society. It, it deserves to be called out. And it deserves to have pushback. This idea of curtailing freedom of speech. Here's the fact. There are things that people are going to say that I don't agree with. There are things people are going to say that I think are crazy. There are things that people are going to say that I think are offensive. Uh, There are things that people might say that hurt my feelings. Uh, There are things that uh, people might say that uh, somehow uh, attack or demean things that I hold sacred. Uh, But the fact of the matter is, unless we hold open uh, the right of people to express themselves. First of all, we never know what re- people really think, <laughs> and therefore we can't judge correctly uh, what people, who people are, and what they're thinking. Uh, but secondly, uh, you cannot have a, a free exchange of ideas, right? If you can only have one side of an argument, which is exactly what the progressive left wants, we cannot have any counter argument. We saw it during this past year. As it's related to the virus, there was one narrative and you could not have any version, even the mildest uh, kind of counter narrative uh, to the official party line. Uh, and we're seeing it uh, on other, in other things as well, where there's the party line and uh, you can see it in certain uh, social, uh, you might call it, uh, let me see how, how I can say this. Uh, the advocacy for certain groups, uh, you can only agree with that av- ag- uh, uh, adv- advocacy. You cannot have any differing opinion, okay? Uh, so uh, that's a dangerous place. That's a Marxist place. Ultimately, it's a communist place uh, where uh, there's only uh, the, the party line of the state, and you have to gr- agree or you somehow lose your job and maybe lose your freedom. We can't do it. Can't do it. Okay, so um, that brings me to segment number three, Daily Dose of Aliens. (laughs) Now, guys, I've been telling you for months, this alien thing now, you just need to keep your eye on it. It is, it's on its way. All right, so let's look at a couple articles that are out here. Uh, This one in Daily Wire. Uh, It was published yesterday, and here's the headline, Bombshell UFO Report. U.S. military encounters UFOs every day that far exceed its tech and capabilities. All right? An explosive uh, report featured on CBS News 60 Minutes featured several 
by the way, this is the inadvised uh, use of the word featured twice in a sentence. Okay. All right. So here's the sentence. An explosive report <laughs> featured on CBS News 60 Minutes featured several former U.S. military officials who talked about what the U.S. government knows about unidentified aerial phenomenon, UAP, more commonly referred to as UFOs. All right, and so the, the segment comes ahead of a report that the military is supposed, uh, supposed to deliver to Congress by next month. And uh, the former director of national intelligence, John Ratcliffe, said in an interview that the findings will shock people because, quote, frankly, there are a lot more sightings than, than have been made public, end quote. Now, uh, and then this, in this article, they cite uh, various little segments and people that were uh, in this, in this uh, 60-minute segment. But one of the, them uh, is Ryan Graves, a former Navy pilot, a Navy lieutenant. Uh, and here's what he said about how often the U.S. military encounters UAPs on the East Coast. Quote, every day. Every day for at least a couple of years, end quote. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. UFOs seen by our military every day. Now, not to be left out, uh, Barack Obama, the Barack, he has, uh, he's weighed in on UFOs. Yeah, he was making an appearance, a video appearance, of course. Um, can't, can't risk being in person uh, you know, with the virus and all, uh, he was, he, <laughs> he was on, uh, on James Corden's The Late Late Show. Um, and he, he was asked about UFO sightings. And he said that, uh, we don't know exactly what they are. He also said, uh, I can't, uh, there are just some things I can't tell you on air. Uh, but he did talk about how that uh, there are uh, a lot of a lot of sightings and a lot of uh, rec uh, footage, uh, and uh, and and we don't know how they are, uh, what they are, and we don't know how they uh, how they move and what they do. So uh, Barack Obama, he's uh, he's involved in it. He's uh, he's being quoted on it. All right, folks, I'm coming back uh, with uh, two segments, two segments uh, in just uh, it's not going to take us that long. But I think these are going to be uh, you know, just hang on just for a second as we're going to talk about a, a rare Todd Young appearance and then a mystery creature that's been found at the bottom, the deep bottom of the ocean. I'll be right back. All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Segment number four, a rare Todd Young appearance. Yeah, Todd Young, he's a senator from uh, Indiana, pretty stealthy, pretty stealthy, seldom seen, seldom seen, seldom heard from, uh, And uh, but he has uh, bobbed up to the surface. Now, he did come into the surface uh, uh, right after the election, the November 3rd election. Uh, he, as you might imagine, uh, a lot of people were coming, coming forward at that point. Only Todd came forward not about what you would expect, uh, he came forward with something about liquor licenses for somebody here in Indiana and a nice picture shaking somebody's hand at a brewery or something. 
Uh, yeah, everybody else was uh, was focused on election integrity, the fairness of the election, those kind of things. No, Todd had nothing to say about any of that. Nothing, nothing to this day. Uh, but uh, yeah, Republican Todd Young from Indiana. So, uh, but he's bobbed up to the surface. Yeah, he. Uh, yeah, he and uh, a senator from uh, a Democrat from Connecticut, Chris Murphy. Uh, he he and Chris Murphy they both uh, serve on a Senate uh, Foreign Relations uh, Committee that has to do uh, with things that include uh, Central Asia uh, and and the Near East and South a- Asia counterterrorism all those kind of things. Anyway, uh, so they put forward a bipartisan a bipartisan uh, statement. And uh, and Chuck Schumer has uh, signed off on it. He he liked it. He said he liked every word of it. He said Chuck Schumer, of course Jewish uh, Chuck. He uh, he liked every every statement, everything. Here's what the statement said, as found on Senator Chris Murphy's own website, May 16. It says uh, Israel has the right to defend itself from Hamas rocket attacks. That sounds good. Uh, in a manner proportionate, uh, that word proportionate, with the uh, threat it is, its citizens are facing. Oh, okay. Uh, as a result of Hamas rocket attacks on and Israel's response, both sides must recognize that too many lives have been lost and must not escalate the conf- uh, conflict further. We are encouraged by reports that the parties are exploring a ceasefire. Sounds good so far. We hope that the ceasefire can be reached quickly, Yeah, I like this so far. And that additional steps can be taken to preserve a two-state future, end quote. A what? A two-state future. Oh, so that's why Todd was so quiet under the previous administration, because, of course, the 45th rejected the whole idea of a two-state solution as it rightly should be rejected, Um, a two-state future. Well, let me tell you what the Bible has to say about that. I encourage you to read Joel chapter 3. speaks of the return of the Lord and the judgment uh, that's going to follow. Now, sometimes we think of the judgment just in individual terms, that individuals are going to somehow be judged. But in Joel chapter 3, the focus is not on individuals, it's on nations being judged. And in Joel chapter 3, uh, God lists about five or six things for which he's going to be judging nations. So if you want to be on the wrong side of that judgment, you're on the wrong side of one of these four or five or five or six things. Now, let me just read you one verse. It's uh, Joel 3, 2. God says, I will gather all nations and bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat, and there I will put them on trial for what they did to my inheritance, my people, Israel. Because, and here's he begins to enumerate the things that, that nations will stand in judgment for, because they scattered my people among the nations and divided up my land. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to be uh, part of a nation that's on the wrong side of the judgment, uh, be supportive of this uh, two-state solution. Uh, otherwise, 
uh, let it be known. Be a voice of one. Say, no, Todd. Uh, hey, we're calling from uh, Indiana over here. We do not support a two-state solution. Oh, yeah. Meanwhile, I don't know if you saw this. The U.N. has uh, yet again drafted a, a ceasefire resolution that makes no mention of the rockets from Gaza. <laughs> it's true that they have a ceasefire resolution that makes no mention of the fact that, that there's been uh, almost 3,000 rockets fired from, from Gaza. Yeah, you can't make this stuff up. But, uh, hey, at least, uh, at least the uh, Biden administration folks at the U.N. have blocked that for three straight times. All right, here we're going to close with this. A mystery creature has been found. <laughs> That's right, 2,700 feet below the surface of the, of the ocean. Uh, one of those deep-dive submarines, they're down there. They're looking around. I'm not sure why they were there, but they find the skeleton of a massive creature. In fact, uh, this creature was, uh, they estimate, 98 feet long. 98 feet. And so they had this whole skeletal, this whole spine, right, that goes along for 98 feet. And it's just completely preserved. But if you touch it, they tried to kind of see if they could uh, uh, lift it or touch it, but it just disintegrates. It's like, it's like, fro <laughs> it's like just suspended there in the, in, the, in the shape. But if you touch it, it like goes away. So they've just left it, but they've got great photographs and video of it. And so... Uh, here's here's uh, um, here's here's what they some said. Well, you know, it might be just a whale or this or that. And then uh, here's what one of the oceanographers said. Uh, she said the vi this video was taken by professionals who work underwater in oceans all across the globe. They uh, uh, they come across whale bones uh, from time to time, and these aren't whale bones. And so she describes some of the uh, how that works. And uh, uh, then she says the dimensions of this skeleton on the video does not fit the usual size for any sea life in this area. And then she, then she says the bones could be very ancient. And finally, she says, they look more like they belong to a serpent of some kind. And so I close, ladies and gentlemen, with this idea. Have they found the remains of Leviathan? Leviathan. I encourage you to read Job 41 and his long description of this crazy sea monster called Leviathan. I'll just read you a few verses. It says, uh, in, this is in Job uh, chapter 41. It says, when Leviathan rises up, the mighty are terrified. They retreat before it's thrashing. This is a sea creature. The sword that reaches it has no effect, nor does the spear or dart or the javelin. Iron it treats like straw and bronze like rotten wood. Arrows do not make it flee. Slingshots are like chaff to it. A club seems to it but a piece of straw. It laughs at the rattling of the lance. Its undersides are jagged potsherds leaving a trail in the mud like a threshing sledge. It makes the depths 
churn and boil like a boiling cauldron. It stirs up the sea like a pot of ointment. It leaves a glistening wake behind it. One would think the deep had white hair. Nothing on earth is as equal a creature without fear. Job 41, 25 through 33. Ladies and gentlemen, the more they look, the more the Bible is confirmed. All right, folks. Hey, good to have you guys on board here for uh, VU 106. Look for you guys later this week for VU 107. God bless you guys. Bye-bye.